Support for today's episode comes from Dame Products, a sexual wellness brand with the goal of closing the pleasure gap. I personally love the versatility of the products, guys. And if it says it's a G-Spot vibrator, you can still use it on your clit, on your nipples. It's so many options. And as a Boonie Breakdown listener, you can receive 10% off your purchase by using the code Boonie10. That's Boonie, all caps, one zero. Details on how to purchase can be found in the show notes and on the BooniBreakdown.com. Hey y'all, it's your girl Boonie, and you're listening to the Boonie Breakdown Podcast, your source for all things responsible and ratchet. All right, welcome to episode 206 of the Boonie Breakdown Podcast. We're here for another episode. This one is a fun one because we have the homie Shiko with us. You guys know every now and then when we get together, we do a little thing called shit that hits different. And so this week's shit that hits different, we look at the movie waiting to exhale now y'all already know (laughs) from the eyes of late 30 year old black women this movie definitely hit different from us than we first saw it a gazillion years ago so if you want laughs ratchet insightful commentary please stick around for that conversation and we're gonna hop right into my pick of the week this week the pick of the week is a place uh we're all about black owned luxury spa If you liked all those words, then you need to check out the Salamander Resort and Spa. It is located in the middle of Bumblefuck, Virginia. (laughs) But no, really, it's in Middleburg, Virginia, which is like Virginia's horse country. Um, It's a lot of civil war. It's funny, when we pulled up at the resort, I had turned to my friend and I said, it's giving slavery. Very white, rustic horse decor, but it's actually a black-owned resort. Sheila Johnson, um, who was married to Bob Johnson of BET fame, this is her resort. So it's black-owned, woman-owned, and it's amazing. I do will say this, that the rooms are a bit overpriced for what you get. But I will say that that motherfucking spa is worth every single penny. I will be back to go to the spa. Um, what I love, though, is I had a 90-minute massage. It cost a little coin. It cost a little coin. But they had massage beds that were like tempur beds that were like memory foam. But then they like moved with you. And so for me, y'all know I got a big booty. And so I don't like laying on my back because when I lay on my back, it's just my butt and my shoulders touch. And so it's very uncomfortable for me in a massage. But in this one, she adjusted the bed. So it was flat, like, oh, my butt sunk down low. Amazing. Every single spa, every masseuse needs that type of table because whoo, that was worth it for me. So Boonies Pick a Week, Salamander Resort and Spa. <laughs> Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Come back later, please. Housekeeping. Not now. All right. Feedback from last week's episode, episode 205, Black Millennials and the Face of Tradition. Um, This one was a good episode. It was responsible. Um, We had two guests there. So if you've not listened, go back and listen to that conversation. I got the re- feedback. They said, this is a real ass conversation. And I thank you for this. Not you having me about to cry at work. I'm gonna kick your ass for that laughing emojis. Um, and I asked what part resonated with that person. They said the kids, no kids. And the part about having real talks with your parents, you know, like when you grown and y'all just about equal me and my mom's had that talk. 
And I'm like, wow, mom, you was really out in these streets, huh? Laughing emojis. So <laughs> thank you so much for listening to last week's episode. I encourage you to go back and check out last week's episode if you've yet to do so. It is really good. It's really insightful. And I think it will really strike a chord with a lot of black millennials, especially some of the older black millennials, because I think people forget that millennials are like 40. There are some millennials who are 40. I think they just think we're still 20. Um, but we grown ass people too. <laughs> so thank you for listening. And if you didn't go back and check that out. Also, Patreon gang. Um, we have an event coming up on Thursday, March 17th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This will be a responsible Patreon event. We will be doing some journaling. I'm excited for this one. And if you're not a part of Patreon gang and you want to attend this event, all you got to do is get a Patreon membership. You can head on over to patreon.com backslash the boonie breakdown. All right. That is it. If you head there, um, you can sign up. You can join our discord, our group chat. You get the special events. You, if, even if you get at a certain level, you can get very um, exclusive merch that will never be sold. That will only for Patreon gang. So again, you can sign up at patreon.com backslash the boonie breakdown. And for those of you who may not know, we also have the opportunity for you to sign up for a yearly subscription. So if you buy the yearly subscription, you pay it up front, but you get two months free. So could be worth it. It could be worth it. And especially with these live shows coming up, they about to get some I'm making sure Patreon gang gets their perks, all right? Also, if you're like, "Mm -mm, not doing that, but if you would like to get some merch, because I'm about to tell y'all, yesterday's price is not today's price. I got an email from my supplier that the prices were going up. So I think it's one more day where you can use the code PRICE. That is PRICE, all capital letters. Um, if you would like to um, get any merchandise that you were on the fence about, not sure about, that code is good through March 7th. So that is Monday, March 7th, 2022. The code ends again. It's PRICE, all capital letters. Save 15% on all orders. Now my Patreon gang. If y'all go into Porto, y'all have a 25% off coupon. All right. <laughs> so that's my thanks to Patreon gang. Also, if you're new here, thank you for listening. Um, you can follow us on social media. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Boonie Breakdown. You can follow us over on Twitter, just at Boonie Breakdown. We're most active on Instagram. We love it over there. Um, we're also on TikTok, the Boonie Breakdown there too. We have fun. A little ratchet. I'm tired of TikTok, you know. Side note, I kept getting... Um, um, what do you call them? Violations, code of conduct violations over on TikTok. But I think I've overcome the wall. I've just been posting stuff and trying to stay clear of it. They kept pinging me for adult nudity. Now y'all know. Now y'all know. Now y'all know. That's not my steez. But um, for whatever reason, they keep pinging me for adult nudity over on Patreon. I mean, on uh, TikTok. But we love it over there. It's funny as shit. So, all right, that is it for me. I am going to shut the fuck up and let's get ready to break it down. Hey guys, it's your girl Boonie, and we are here. So listen, before I get started, we got the homie Sheikah here. Hey, and I know y'all probably looking like, I mean, I had guests last week, but I normally don't come out the gate with Brian and Sheikah right away because they be in my pockets when somebody flake on me. But I flaked on myself because I really took a break during my break, like, I ain't do hardly no podcast shit. 
<laughs> so now I'm like, oh shit, you've been advertising this date. You gotta stick to it. <laughs> right. And that's not like you. You normally are that's not like me. I normally go into the season with about six episodes recorded already. And so when I tell y'all, like we're gonna get there, like I have things scheduled now, but that's not normally how I operate. But I think I just really needed a fucking break. Say it. I breaks are necessary. We still need breaks. Yeah. So still I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna take this break. But you know what? I was sitting here because I was thinking, I have like a little list of, and I think she could I text it to you because I'd be like, when it come off the dome, like, oh, we gotta do an episode on right. this. We gotta do an episode on this. And I just knew I can't believe we haven't done this one yet. But we're doing a shit that hits different. So if this is your first time listening to one of these. Sheikha and I look at something that we've probably seen a few times or a million times, but from the eyes of late 30-year-olds, <laughs> and that shit hit different. <laughs> On late 30s. late 30s. And so this week, we are tackling the cult, the cultural classic. I'm not even going to call it a cult. The cultural classic that is waiting to exhale. Now, this motherfucking shit right here. This is different. <laughs> you know, I have a yeah, I was watching it because remember when we did Sofu and I was like, you know, I cry watching Sofu. I thought I would cry to wait in hell. And I was looking at everybody like, are y'all serious? Everybody. So <laughs> <laughs> I want to start here before we get into the, the nitty-gritty. Let's just give it up for the motherfucking soundtrack. Baby face. Stellar soundtrack. I Googled because I wanted to know, you know, I was trying to figure out the little statistics. Apparently, the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack is one, it was the first movie soundtrack where it was all female artists. Oh, yes. You know what? I remember that. I meant to look at my CD booklet. Shout out to, you know, early 2000s because mine is still here. I have not thrown it away. I I'm wish I knew sure. where my CD booklet was. I was just telling somebody the other day, I don't know where mine is. Mine is sitting on the bottom of my bookshelf. I'm looking at it now and I meant to look in there earlier to see if I still had the CD or the soundtrack. If it's not here, it's in my parents' house. But I definitely had that soundtrack and ran that thing. I don't no, know. I definitely remember it said it, the, oh, uh, the soundtrack went seven times platinum. Mm-hmm. It was number one on the arm. For on the Billboard charts for five weeks, it was number one on R&B charts for ten weeks. Right, it spawned two number one hits: Whitney Houston's "Shoot, Shoot, Shoot" and Tony Braxton's "Let It Flow." Three top ten hits sitting up in my room, not gonna cry and count on me. Mm-hmm. And it says mm-hmm. all songs were written and produced by Babyface, except "My Funny Valentine." I mean. The soundtrack, god damn. Oh no, I was singing all through the movie while re-watching it. Yeah, it was like this shit hits. Yeah. It was nominated for album of the year for the Grammys, song of the year for Shoop. Like very did very well commercially. It, the songs were very well placed in the movie. Perfect. Shout out to Babyface because that, was, that shit they did that. So I was like, well, we gotta get that out of here. One thing I don't think I ever really paid attention to in this movie, and I think now I think I realize why, because they were in Arizona. I don't think I realized the movie was a year from New Year's to New Year's, right? Right. Because you don't see seasons. <laughs> right. I do remember that. I think 
but I was a little shocked when it started and I was like Savannah you going on a blind date on New Year's Eve like I just was like what the fuck is that I literally wrote that day I'm like the <laughs> fuck I'm like do blind dates even still exist like I can't even tell you I've never so been I- on one and I would like to I mean I've been on one either so if somebody want to set me up on a blind date me too plus one um <laughs> Yeah, I'm interested to see. I think the thing, I always remember how the movie started, but I don't think I remember that it was New Year's Eve. I know the end was New Year's Eve when they were celebrating, but I don't think I ever picked up that that was New Year's. Yeah, and at our age, I don't think, because we were young. So (laughs) before we go for, when was the first time you can recall seeing Wait and Exhale? Okay, so I'm pretty sure I went to the movies with my mom and her friends. And I, <laughs> like, I, I definitely remember being in a AMC or some type of movie theater okay, seeing, you- waiting to exhale. So I think I did. I think my mom and her little girlfriends, they got together and saw it and like the kids went. I really think that's how that happened. So the movie came out in 95, right? Mm-hmm. I remember my mom was a big reader. So the, it came out December 22nd, 1995. My mom was, and I remember made a lot of money. I did Google that. It was like, they had a budget of like 16 million and made like 80 something million. Like it made good money for a black movie back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first time I recall seeing it, now I definitely didn't go to the movies with my mom, but it was one of those times when it came out on VHS. So I'm thinking now it's like, it took a long time for shit to get on VHS back in the day. So I'm thinking maybe 97, 97 maybe. <laughs> So I'm like, all right, so if it's 97, I'm in middle school. And I remember my mom playing it. And on certain parts, she would make me turn around and like close my eyes. And I remember the first time being able to watch the whole thing and filling in the gaps that I couldn't see. And those were really the the one scene that I remember her making me turn around because I always wanted to be like, what are they doing? When uh, Lionel was on top of her, like, (laughs) (laughs) growling like a bear. Yeah, Yeah. so that was my first time I recall watching it. And then I think the first time I actually saw it unedited, like without my mom being like, turn around, um, was probably in high school. But it's not a movie that I go to often. And so watching it now, we about to get there. So RIP to Whitney Houston. Oh my God, I miss Whitney so much watching it. I was like, God damn, Whitney, I miss you. That Y'all was one of the first feelings. Yeah. yeah. MJ, Whitney, Eddie, Whitney's gone. Here's your fun fact Angela Bassett was originally supposed to play Savannah. I feel like I heard that. And yeah. she went to the producers and fought to be Bernie mm-hmm. because she wanted to do the drama with the husband. Whoever decided to make that change, I'm glad she saw the foresight and advocated for herself because whoo, did that. I also picked up that Savannah is driving. She's leaving Denver because it ain't no niggas to come to Phoenix or Arizona because it ain't no niggas. I and I'm like. Oh, times are still the same. Times are still the same. (laughs) Because that was a recurring theme. I'm like, ain't too much shit has changed. 
ain't shit changed. Like it was so many moments where I was like, ooh, I've been there now. Ooh, I've done that. Because now we're older than them in the movie, right? Because And that's what I was waiting. And then it was at one point where um, Robin said, no, no, no. Savannah said she was 33. And I said, what? Yeah, I was like, fuck. (laughs) I was like, so we're older than them now. Because I'm 37. I'm pushing 38, baby. What? I did not know. I thought they were like. In my mind, I thought they were like 40s. early 40s. Me too. Yeah. So when she said that, I was like, mind oh, Okay. 33 was old back then. So I just <laughs> I guess to still be single, unwed. Yeah, that was tripping a little old. like, you ain't got no, you ain't married, girl. You ain't married. Yeah. It was one thing Savannah said in her monologue as she's getting ready about how niggas ain't shit. They did this, this, and this. And she said, but what they do best is convincing us that we are desperate. And I said, pass that motherfucking collection plate over here. (laughs) I have a slight caveat to that because although I felt her when she said that, because that's very true. By the end of the movie, I realized I was like, half of y'all were fucking with married men willingly and knowingly. So were you not desperate it was, was it was given very, desperate it was that was a very clearly woven theme um through this Which I whole didn't thing pick up on. younger i don't think i, I realized either. that they were all like well half of them well no because bernie did too Loretta yeah, was the only one. herbert when she yeah, went to <laughs> right <laughs> right so i was i was actually shocked when I was watching and I was like wow y'all were really and I'm I like in mm. my 33 I was not putting up with that shit no. yeah I had not picked up that they were all like at some point some way you have Savannah eventually is with Kenneth she's like I'm in love with Kenneth a man who's married with a kid Bernie dipped out with Herbert and then she tried to with Wesley and he was married with a dying wife Gloria she wasn't married but her baby daddy had a nigga (laughs) that's it I can't wait to get that shit sent me I was like oh let me cover my ears you can't say that (laughs) and um Um, Robin 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 had a a few so (laughs) yeah and then it was like I don't think so I think my perception earlier, like younger, was that not that Leon had a wife, but that he just was in and out. I don't think it ever totally curled over because when she was telling her story to Savannah, I said, oh, that's that nigga. I didn't know, like, oh, because he does say something like, yeah, that bitch off my back. And I was like, whoa, 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 that's your wife. I, I will say it did not connect to me in th- this time watching it is why she was so adamant about keeping the baby because she had already aborted one. Yeah. And so I was just like, why are you having this fucking nigga's baby? I yeah. want to also note out that it was several times these married men, as to your point, when they talked about the women in their life on some real fuck nigga shit. Even Kenneth was like, when the little girl was sick, and she's like, you would think the, the little girl had malaria. and 
Right. It's come a time when she can't call me for this. So I'm like, oh, so you was gonna get a new bitch and abandon the whole family? <laughs> right. Because when she when he said that, I said, so you leave your wife and and she can't call you about your kid? Like what? <laughs> yes, they was, were horrible. They were saying real out the gate wild shit. So that was, was the mean. only one who was like sincere, real, and 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 kind. And I remember being like happy I guess that they didn't do anything they just kind of slept because in a way he still honored his wife or whatever but the rest of them also Wesley look good as fuck when he came up Whoa, let me t- oh, okay yes. 90s West what I planned but Wesley's nights I was like god damn I didn't know 1990s fine that I missed like well, I, I thought Wesley was fine as fucking New Jack City too Yes, but I might say Wesley and waiting to exhale. No, no, no. Top tier Wesley. Like I was I was looking at my thick TV, like, what's the yeah, everybody talking about Leon? But Wesley was the finest nigga in waiting to exhale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> Wesley Snipes was the finest nigga. Oh god. When he came up in that hotel room with that burnt super orange suit, yeah. I went, oh shit. No, yeah. like I was, I literally said, I lied. I said, oh, Wesley, fine. No, <laughs> made me stop and look like, like I was like, shit. Yeah, no, nah, everybody be talking about Leon. Mm-mm. You know, Wesley, and it was a short period of time, but he had presence when he no, stepped Wesley, on the screen. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. You yeah, got them yeah. right. We going to my room. Yes. Yeah, come on, nah, I don't even care what happened. <laughs> Whatever happens, happens. <laughs> Wesley definitely had it. Yeah. So I liked in the beginning how they did the little vignettes of each little character introducing them. I also loved Leela Rashawn Robin saying, first of all, let's, when we talk about badness, Leela Rashawn was fine as shit too, baby. Like, Bye. I said all of her lingerie numbers. Like, oh, said, yes. And beautiful scene her putting on lingerie for all these niggas <laughs> right because she definitely stayed in some lingerie everybody got a lingerie set and a different Every- one yeah they were very nice um but she was like i was like oh my god i feel seen she was like i have a problem with pretty boys with big sticks and i was like i feel seen <laughs> right i feel seen yeah. I, I really really do and then yeah. we switched up to Bernadine, who we call Bernie. Yeah. And the, I also don't think I realized that her very initial scene was the I'm leaving you for the white woman scene. I think that kind of gelled for me this time. But then yeah. I say, here we go. Here we go with Michael Beach being a motherfucker. Like, Michael Beach never, cannot be trusted. He's he like, I hate you. We I don't know you and I hate you. We said this as like this nigga is never not a motherfucker. Shout out to Ahmad too, because I forgot Ahmad. Was I said that. I said, oh, I'm pretty son. Big mama, your arm. Big mama, your arm. Yes. That is so funny. In red ink. I said, Ahmad, <laughs> LOL. <laughs> no, I bust out laughing. So that's what I was like, damn, big mama, your arm. Yes. And we said, and you said all the things he was in when we did. But it didn't even jump. So, I didn't know. I couldn't remember who he played. Me but I was Michael Beach. Yeah, but that uh-huh. might be forever. 
Also, another little cameo you got to shout out. Kenya Moore is in fucking everything. Kenya Moore was a black 90s staple in sitcoms and movies. And I know we joke and, you know, I'm not still watching Housewives, any of them. But Mm -hmm. yeah, like Kenya was crazy. And this is a small caveat. And I did not know that I would be big up in Kenya like this. But it was a, a clip going around viral with Mama Joyce saying, that Kenya wishes something she was Portia. I don't know. I didn't even watch all of it. But I was like, what you're not going to sit here and do for me is tell me that Kenya Moore wasn't bad. Like, uh, Kenya Moore been bad for decades. Always, she was in there for a good three lines all yeah. the time. You will find something. She was in some, it, you don't realize how much shit she had a cameo in and was always, she's always been fine as fuck. So you're not going to sit here and tell me Portia, who was cute. Yeah. And she just, she done had a lot of surgeries to get to Kenya fine. Like now I think they're on the same page, but when roll that script back. Yeah. No, she was pre-surgery. Kenya is better than Portia. I don't give a fuck. So that's my saw line. I never thought I would go this far for Kenya more, but when she popped up on the screen too, I was like, oh shit, this bitch. Yeah. And everything. She black shocked me because I did not remember that at all. Didn't, but she's in a lot of fucking shit. I went back and roll her thing like, damn, she's had a lot of cameos. Um, also, another cameo, Joseph, the gay hairdresser. He plays the gay hairdresser and everything. Definitely did. Definitely. <laughs> I, like, I, I wonder, does he know how to do hair for real at this point? Because, <laughs> like, do you really do hair? Been the gay hairdresser in so many things. Like, I don't even know that man's real name. Me neither. I don't. I'm looking it up. But yeah, I was I was like, oh yes, I know him. It was a lot of people, and I forgot that so many, like, you know, black no actors were in there. And yeah, it's this like, was a, a black yeah, it was very like black royalty at the time type thing. Yeah. It was very nice to was, see, actually. It wasn't a lot of people, but I don't know that actor's name, but he was the gay hairdresser in girlfriends. I think he was on Moesha's that he was yes. out. like he's always the LA black. <laughs> yeah. I don't know nothing about him. I also again did not realize that Bernie's iconic scene of burning all that shit up was so early in the movie, too. Me neither. I felt like it was like in the middle. Yeah, but it started out with her. Lightning failing, yeah. So yeah. it was all in the beginning. That shit, that scene too. I don't think I've ever had a heartbreak push me to that point, but I get it, bitch. Because no, I understood. I, I totally understood. No, that whole scene flawless. Like oh. I couldn't imagine another actress pulling it off. No, I hated. I hate it to know that she had contacts in, but that's neither here nor there. Oh, I know. <laughs> so then and I was like, definitely contacts. All right. When, they, when she first showed up, when she's brushing her hair, when he's yeah, like, I was like, why well, her eyes look funny? And then when they did that scene where she's like, dumb, I was like, oh, she got color contacts in. <laughs> also quintessential 90s. <laughs> and then it was like when the fire department came and her like, yeah. I'm I'm burning shit and I felt like and you know I understand that level of 
disappointment and anger where you just want to like fuck some shit up. But I, it was the fire. But I, what I enjoyed even more is that she was selling his shit for like a dollar. A dollar. The guy's like, that man got the skis for a dollar. <laughs> it was a whole ass car back there, like a collectible car for a dollar. <laughs> You know, I was like, that is that is top wine. Like, I was like, oh shit. Kids broke something. She was like, fuck it. I was like, wow. Yeah, no, that whole like watching her go through that, I was like, yes. I will also say, let's stay with Bernie's story. I will say my other scene was when she rolled up. <laughs> Yo, she had all the motherfucking scenes. When she rolled up in the office and slapped the white bitch. Yo, yeah, she said like two, three words and just, as soon as that lady said something, she, she was like, that my husband slapped. Because <laughs> <laughs> I kind of felt like maybe I thought that the white woman gave her a little bit more pushback or something, but nah, Bernie just hauled off and slapped her. She had been waiting for that. <laughs> no, I, I watched the scene three times because I thought I missed her saying something bad. <laughs> I rewinded this shit because I'm like, she didn't just like slap her because slapping. <laughs> and she did. I literally was like, oh, maybe I missed what she said to her that. And, but I guess, bitch, you stole my fucking husband. Like, yeah, I'm gonna slap the shit out you. Like, I haven't been waiting to slap you. So now that you're here, slap. And now I can continue. Now that you're here, slap. So that scene was funny. Here go Michael Beach being a motherfucker. So I'm going to take $300,000 today. Yeah. Like, you know what I really did not respect? This is what, and I feel like he tends, his character just always does this. What I did not respect is that, nigga, you probably know I'm tired of going to these little functions or whatever. I went out got outfits for me, for the kids. I'm getting my hair done. I'm doing my hair. I'm putting on makeup. I got the fucking dress on. And then you tell me, why you didn't wake up and tell me that this morning? Why (laughs) didn't you tell me that at eight o'clock over coffee, my nigga? Because this is why your things are on fire because you play too many games. How rude is that? And I was like, that that I did think about that. So this nigga let her do all the work and then said, it's not fair to her. Um, And then... I also thought about shit. The thought went away with Bernie and this nigga. Anywho, it'll come back. But yeah, he was a motherfucker always throwing out the $300,000 when you know you sitting on more. And the way my favorite, I think my favorite line that she says the whole fucking movie, it was like, and if I hear you had him anywhere around that track, bitch, I was like, yes. <laughs> You're she gonna regret it for the rest of your life. I said, come on. That shit so hard. The way she said, tramp, bitch. I wanna say that to somebody now. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, my, my other line, my other line that comes later is also a very, it was delivered by a man, but that's my other one. Raggedy oh, bitch and tramp, bitch. Raggedy bitch. Top notch. You're gonna get to him. Yes. The other great moment, because I, nah, I ain't lit a nigga shit on fire or sold it for a dollar, but I've definitely cut my hair all off after a nigga. <laughs> and so her big chop moment. Yeah. yeah. 
been there. Yeah. And, and it reminded me of like how now too, so many people like have a relationship with your hair in a way where when you do something to it, they feel like they almost have the right to, to have a say mm-hmm. in a way. Um, um, what's, what's the baby girl's name? Oh shit. The hairstylist. I just, yes the way Gloria was like no I'm not doing it it was just like she had this possession over her hair which is something that we still deal with in the community I'll say about like you know long hair long hair and all that bullshit it was very interesting and it was funny when it was at the rest at the bar when they went on the night out you know you get your celebratory girls out it was like Robin was like I like it She's like, yeah, I don't like it. And Whitney's like, like, and it was like, I like it. She was like, yeah, it's all right. I'm like, bitches ain't shit. It's totally flipped in a second. I thought that was funny. That was funny. My other thing was when Bernie and Gloria were on the first wheel and they're talking, she was just like, you know what it is? Just don't fucking get married. And I was like, Okay, Bernie said. <laughs> don't, Bernie told her, don't fucking get married. Yeah. Don't get married. So that was Bernie. Yeah, and you know what? I do feel like Bernie's situation was a wake up call. And maybe, you know, I don't know historically, but I feel like it really might have started sparking that conversation out of a prenup because she was about to get fucked. Yeah, had she not called back and yeah, like she would have been, yeah, because she was like, he got 200 acres of farmland in California, owns a vineyard. I'm like, goddamn, bitch, get something. That she never knew about, none of her name was on, wasn't on anything. And you know, that's how you get fucked. You know, everybody wants a rich nigga and all this, this isn't that. (laughs) Is your name on anything? Do you have paperwork? Because if anything goes wrong, that's not yours. People laugh at me when I say it. I will not get married without a prenup. Like, yeah, and it doesn't mean you have to have things like a whole bunch of stuff. But at the same time, you want to protect yourself. It's a, you know, like it's not nothing that women haven't been taught. Over the years, even if it's something just as small as like having your own bank account or your own stash of money, it's like, yeah, you don't get married and, you know, we say protect and provide, but at the end of the day, nothing has to be forever. So do you want to be fucked in on your ass? No. Come on, split this shit up in good times. Yes. And and the thing is too, women got shit now too. So you're not taking exactly you're not taking my shit, my nigga. So <laughs> and we, and y'all could think that men are so, you know, like it's not mainly for a man to try to take your stuff or whatever. <laughs> think he won't try, try, because <laughs> he surely would. It won't be me. So then we can switch back to Robin. We meet Robin. One of the scenes that stood out to me that hit a little different at 37 with Robin was one of her beginning scenes where she's having sex with Michael. Michael is the fat guy who's not the fine pretty boy with a big stick. Mm -hmm. This one hit a little different too because 
he said when she he was like tell me what you want right she's she goes out there she's vulnerable she says what she wants and he's like oh you don't want much i can give you all that shit and more bitch and he she's like you don't even know me he's like but i know me and i said you better you better come on through here And I think younger me always just kind of let it off. Like, oh, this fat nigga couldn't fuck. He came out. Right. <laughs> and you know what I think it was? I think, you know, looking at it now, I think it's because she couldn't say or because she didn't want much that, like, once he had sex with her, he probably moved on to somebody else. Because remember, he comes in a club with somebody else and she got an attitude about it. But I'm like, that bitch probably told him, a lot of things she wanted and maybe that you know what I mean because you never know that's, that's interesting that's how you took it I took it as because she even said in the club oh he was talking marriage so I had to cut him loose and I just took it as more so she really just didn't want to give the fat guy a chance like because he was okay. I didn't recall hearing her say that but that's yeah. possible too yeah um, because it was like I've been in a situation where the guy is good on paper but can't fuck right and yeah, and she totally faked it so hard. I was just like, that is a lot for, that is a lot. <laughs> I'm not so giving it up like that. He was so yeah. proud of himself afterwards. And so I was just like, dang, like, I think she felt a little like, damn, this nigga telling me I don't even want much. And she had ran through all the things he did, scuba diving, all these things. He owned a boat. That shit, scuba diving, no cheap hobby, right? Like, so the nigga clearly had money and could have given her all those things, but it wasn't she, enough. Yeah, like was it wasn't what she wanted, right? So that that scene hit a little different for me. I do Another, feel like that is that example of when we try to date outside our typical mm-hmm. typical of what we want, um, in hopes of better treatment. I think that was a big example of that because it always blows up in your face. Like Spot on, spot on on that one. And then next we see her with Troy. The crackhead. <laughs> Who stole her wallet, is doing drugs, takes her to this sketchy ass party. Troy was... He was so scared to meet him, his mom, her mama. I mean, his mama. And I'm just like, like after a week, <laughs> a barbecue after I mean, a week was weird. It was weird. You show up drunk and or high, and that whole scene with the exchange on the balcony. He's like, You get, he's like, That's why we date white women. He goes, Because you get a good man and you don't know how to treat you. <laughs> yes and i was like sir first of all you are not that great one delusion two you were late hours hours late and it was like she was dressed as if she would have possibly went but maybe that time gave her time to be like okay this is dumb because savannah tried to tell her Savannah gave awesome advice, even though she was she was the friend. She She was the friend with the good advice that she did not follow herself. (laughs) And we all have those. (laughs) Then you have Leon bust up on the scene looking like Jesus. 
When that's all I saw, I was like, look at him looking like Jesus. This little fro and shit. Yes. And I said, okay. She got, but he's married. He can't commit. He show up late. He hit. And that's the thing too that sucks. Like back in the day, there was no technology. There was not a lot of cell phones. So you really had to be sitting at home waiting for a nigga to call you to be like, and hey, show up. Yeah, I was like, oh, that hit a little different. Because now you could still be out with your friends and he texts you what you're doing. You could be like, all right, bitches, bye. Like, I've done that. But I can't say that I've ever been sitting at home waiting for a guy to hit me. Like, no, that, no, absolutely not. I couldn't even imagine that. I'm trying. But that's like the only way he can contact you is because you have you know what I, I mean? Say that, like, I can't say I haven't sat home and like waited for somebody to. But I'm like, like yeah, I've been sitting at home. But, but yeah, yeah, but, but like, I have to be home. You, yeah, you had to be home to get that. If you leave the house and miss the call, then you're shit out of luck. Yeah, like you're. She did a lot of waiting. She was always waiting on the nigga. Yeah, she was always waiting, and then. Leon shows up. She got dissed by Michael at the club. He's with another girl. Like, all right, you lost or whatever happened there. We never really got a story because he was acting like a dick at work in the meeting. That, and I think that was, I mean, so I really, what's the I felt like she thought she would get special treatment and maybe he wouldn't call her out. But I mean, essentially he was doing his job. I think at first, like younger me, I looked at him like, oh, what a dickhead. But I'm like, also, I think she was doing his job and she took it personal. That's what I thought too. That's how you don't fuck with people at work. Um, And so then, you know, Troy tried to slip back in. Leon, she waiting around with Leon in that badass black lingerie. I was like, that's a yes. But it was like the little bra cups. Yeah, I was like, well, that shit is fire. Oh, it's a bra brand that makes bras like that that I've been meaning to try. I'll send you them. I see the ads on Instagram. Yeah, I was like, that shit is cute. And they're all sheer. It's completely sheer. It's really cute. Mm -hmm. Leon shows up in there. Oh, Jesus, looking ass, and or his name Russell. I'm sorry. Russell shows up in there and he gets mad. She's mad because she had to be waiting for this nigga again. He was with his wife or who the the main chick and she comes up in there. They don't have sex. The phone rings. It's raggedy ass Troy calling and this, I said, see, niggas have always had had audacity. That's the first thing. Don't have your niggas calling here after 11. No, because let's be clear, before Troy even called, she could tell by the way he was acting that he had fucked his wife. Yeah. She wasn't going to get no dick that day. That night that she stayed up, she was not finna get no dick because he had just fucked his wife. And I guess he calls that being respectful. So you don't get to say, tell your nigga don't call here after 11. She's like, oh, he's jealous. What no, oh and god, I'm like, so embarrassed. I was embarrassed. And you know, women, first of all, I can I just take a moment. <laughs> it is day three of black. Well, it's not black, but women's history month, but I'm calling it black women's history month because that's what we are. Um, you bitches were very embarrassing during black history month. It was a lot of embarrassing <laughs> bitch behavior. And us as bitches, let's not embarrass each other in March. Because <laughs> she, em- 
Right. Because she embarrassed me talking about some, oh, he jealous. Like, bitch, he just fucked his wife. Like, what? He don't care about nothing but himself. He didn't go to sleep with his sex punk with his wife. Like, and you get nothing. He didn't get in a shower. Because she said something. That's what it was. He was like, oh, get my pajamas. And she was like, you, you haven't worn these and whatever. And that's what clued her in. And I was like, and you think he's jealous? Yeah, that shit, that shit was so flagrant. I'm like, get out. <laughs> You're not about to sleep in this bed. Get out. Go back home. That scene, that scene right there. That one, that one, that one. Mm-hmm. All right, we've been talking much about Miss Gloria here. Now, Gloria, I think, is an interesting case because it's probably one, you know, she had a baby daddy. She has a 17-year-old son. She's she living probably had a kid young. Yeah, I'm thinking she's thinking. Um, they're still in their 30s. And he's trying to go away. Now, I was like, well, that was really nice. She was letting him live in the little pool house. I was like, that's nice. Very that's progressive. Nice. Yeah, I, was like, <laughs> I felt like it was a lot of things in her storyline that were progressive. That was one. Yes. Two, having a bisexual now gay baby daddy. <laughs> Two. And yeah. her, I kind of... And... Go ahead. I don't know. Because he said he was bisexual, but she called him gay. That was the difference. Because yeah. I think he considered himself bisexual, but she, when she slipped up, she said he was gay. And it's the 90s, so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I just, look, I'm, try, I'm trying. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to progress with the times. Good job. <laughs> I was like, so she's still only having sex once a year when her baby daddy shows up and they fuck when he coming to see the son. And so, cause even Bernie has said it like, I'm not like you. I need somebody to hold me in that when she was kind of judging her for fucking Herbert. And did, you see, did you feel like um, Gloria kind of resented that? Cause I felt like she felt no, she did because she was like, with the like, little like, <laughs> I want to be touched. I'm just not, I just have standards, maybe, right? <laughs> you know, like, no, it's not that. So it was great to see the neighbor comes in, he liked big women. Um, and I laughed because that was considered big, and Loretta Devine was like, She was like, not big, <laughs> not big at all. Then I was like, not, I mean, I guess when you compare her to stick ass Whitney Houston, yeah, um, she looked like she might have been a 12, 14. Yeah, so I was just like, she okay, and she gets a little man companion. I said, shout out to Gloria for being the original walk away girl because <laughs> that scene to me is always so cute. Like, I love that scene. Oh, God, why can we walk away? And I'm like, come on, you. Uh, she was like, walk away, bitch. Is. and she was like, let me hit a little skip. A little <laughs> skip. I was like, Gloria was the original walk away bitch. Yes. Um, I liked what happened there once Gregory Hines' character, R.I.P. to Gregory Hines, once he showed up, he kind of softened her up. Like, you got to let that boy grow up. You have to, um, like, open her up to love. And he was around the house doing things for her. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I really, really liked... Um, I like where that story. I like that relationship. And shout out to um, 
Donald Faison because that nigga is still working. He is still oh. So he is still out here acting. Um, what did I last see him in? Oh, the L Word New Generation. He plays okay. on that, and I enjoyed him on that. But yeah, he was a he was young. He's still out here. That's twenty years ago. So yeah, this is almost thirty years ago. Thirty, right? Ninety five. <laughs> so yeah, like I really appreciated Gloria's storyline. Like, okay, she opened up. She had a successful business because she owned the hair nail salon. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I rock with Gloria. But she also seems to be the mother bear, um, judgmental friend a little bit, right? But at least the mother bear, because the quintessential one, one of my favorite scenes in the whole fucking movie is Gloria's birthday. When they're oh on the house, they're drunk. They got uh, fucking drunk. I love Robin when she calls, this ain't John, bitch. <laughs> Gloria cuts her own phone cords to right. stop Bernie from calling the mistress. That scene I loved. You got Whitney saying, I'm in love with a man who got one kid. And they start talking about it. That scene right there. I've had many nights like that with friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, these niggas ain't shit. They ugly. They raggedy. They got the whole scene. And I was just like, oh my God. That's the part about it. It's so like. It's the same. 30 years ago. we still 30 years later and we're still saying the same shit. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty of nights. Like, cause honestly, that's what you do. Like, you know, I mean, hopefully most of us have a crew or a squad, but you know, you come up on, on a tough time, y'all get together, y'all drink, talk shit, you go out, whatever. And then for the birthday, it was just, they were all kind of in like a transition period together, um, which I thought was, you know, kind of beautiful too in coming to a new year at the end of this uh, movie as well. Cause it's like, at least they grew. At least they grew. I felt like everybody grew. That's something I could appreciate because they were in some wild ass situations. They were. By their own volition though. Like they kind of. They had to own it. Yeah. Yeah, they had to own it. They had to be accountable, which they say women don't do. But I will say those bitches were they pretty, did. They pretty had, accountable. Yeah. Savannah, tell Kenneth, fuck you. I'm not waiting. I know you're not going to leave your wife. She chose her. Mm-hmm. You had Robin pretty much tell Leon, <laughs> fuck you. I'm not aborting this baby and I'm going to have it and we don't need you. And that's when I said, oh, this nigga, no, he not shit. Cause she shut the door. Like we don't need you. And he, she shut the door. My nigga said, but oh, not. And he's like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. I'm out of here. Right. Cut my losses. Yeah, yeah. Like he's out of here. You had Gloria let her son go off to Spain instead of going to college. And now she got her little boo. Cause he's yeah, like, I need really to enjoy her life. Yeah. Like now you, he gone and you got a nigga. Sound like a witch. empty nester. Get and into it. Bernie who finally got the dude that she was old, her piece of the pie that she helped John build. And now and she shook his hand. Yeah. So she shook his hand and she, ah, out the oh, corner. Right. Right, he, he, we, and the money, bitch. Um, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> see that tie up in the bow, and then again, one of my other favorite scenes is them driving in the car, like, "Oh, this is this, right?" Yeah. And then they pull up, they're drinking champagne, like, "Yay!" And even in deciding not 
to do the same thing that new year like oh girl I don't want to go to no club let's find something else to do I think it was like showing the the growth and willingness to change which I could appreciate yes I agree I do want to because this is the boonie breakdown here so I did make a note the one thing I thought was very interesting the sex scenes had Robin in the first one with Michael fumbling with the condom she's faking it like it's terrible sex right we can presume that the second go around was a little better because they had that little vulnerable moment and then she's like well you can kiss me and he comes in all aggressive and she's like slowly and gently and then they so we assume that the second round was better then you have Whitney with Lionel and he's on ground first of all this nigga just walks right out the bathroom it wasn't even a kiss before he putting his dick in her like <laughs> I was like niggas do not like, like I know it's a movie so they can't have 30 minutes of foreplay to warm her yeah, up but like... so he literally was brushing his teeth with the towel wrapped around her sit like this and she lays down and he's putting his dick inside and she's like you know that like, so I was like okay bad sex there and then you had Kenneth and Savannah. And so I felt like that was really like the only really good sex scene. Oh, and I think Leon and uh, Robin had one. And I was like, isn't this funny that the only, the only good sex was with people who were not emotionally available? Yeah, I found that very interesting. Um, we did not because, you know, uh, Bernie was divorced because she made it seem like she enjoyed the sex with her husband, but we never I saw that. Two, seven, they, they, they. I was like, oh my God. Could you imagine, yo, the, I'm with you, bitch. She said 732, 732, and that was the times we made love. I remember yes, yeah. After number 51. And that's what made me feel like she liked it, because I'm like, why are you counting? <laughs> I'm like, the nigga telling you he's counting how many times y'all having sex? No. That's that even out, out of the whole monologue, that's the one that sets me off every yeah, time. I was like, how did she know that? <laughs> I literally was like, where's the tally? Like, how do you know? Yeah. Um, but it's it's it is interesting, and I think it just kind of speaks to the desperation of wanting to be loved or be in relationship, or be married, because they were really settling for some bullshit, and that's where I can say different, because I will not, Yeah, as I tell you often, I will bless myself into oblivion (laughs) before (laughs) me and all the toys. Before I be out here simping, looking stupid, crazy, embarrassing for love. Like, I get it. I get wanting companionship. I get wanting all of that. But I will not sell my soul for that. I will not do it. And they were absolutely doing it. And that was was because even Gloria like with the um her baby's dad like even in the way he said it I felt like this is not 
like you knew a little bit you know what I'm saying because it wasn't like a huge shot and it's like he's probably appeasing you once a year because that's what you want yeah because like she said he was like remember what happened to last time and he was like yeah I couldn't get it like he couldn't get it up or something I guess and she's like yeah because yeah, you weren't attracted to me because I gained weight and yeah no like that's not it and I'm like yeah and it's like for her to even still try also he was a dickhead because I didn't like that whole oh I'm gonna be here for this long and the like the son needs to reach out to me wild shit out their mouth like like you're the parent like I don't like when when parents be acting like the kid has to try harder than they do like no like he needs to contact me for by 12 or I'm checking out I'm right like, and I was like oh you're a dickhead let him go yeah I'm like damn yeah but it was it was it was giving a lot of desperation and you know I'm glad that women are a little bit more sexually liberated now even though we it's a lot of us that still deal with sex we do not like or enjoy um but that ain't my ministry. I would, like I said, that I would. Was Every single, like Whitney didn't fake it, but Whitney did not. Or Savannah didn't fake it, but Savannah yeah. didn't stop. You know, what you call it, put on a hell of a show for yeah. Michael's ass. And so, yeah, I, it was, it's interesting. This one, this movie definitely hit different. Um, yeah. I keep saying one day I was going to read the book, but I haven't. Um, but I will say this for sure hit way different. Are you looking for the book on yourself? Yeah, I don't know if I have it here. It might be in my parents' house because I have a couple of Terry McMillan's, but um, I think I had started reading it when I was younger. I don't mm-hmm. know if I ever finished it, but yeah, I was I was it's like I knew they were in shitty situations with men. I didn't, I don't think I realized how much it was their fault too because it's like yes but at the end of the day we kind of have to stop celebrating men that ain't shit yeah or holding on to them because you don't think anything else is gonna come around so yeah yeah it's like damn because even that was one thing that resonated with me with gloria even her son said it he was like i don't want this nigga around like you do this for you not me yeah. I was like, come on, Tariq. <laughs> yeah, that's why he had that because he, I think he even felt a little sense of embarrassment for her. Like, well, funny. I just had to look up because I, I want, it was killing me. I needed to know who played the white woman. <laughs> hey, you want to know who it is? Who is it? She looked kind of familiar. You'll never guess. I know. Who is it? John Travolta's wife, Kelly Preston. <laughs> what a time. Is he still yeah. a psychologist? John Travolta? Oh, and then they probably are. Yeah. Oh, wait, <laughs> she died? Damn. In 2020. Wow damn you know what not at age 57 two years after she'd been diagnosed with breast cancer her diagnosis was not widely publicized 
Oh, wow. That was announced in an Instagram post under the account belonging to John Travolta. Oh, RIP, we're not turning this into about around white women. Um, nope. But yeah, I was just curious because I don't think I ever knew who, like, you know, all the other was, yeah. But I had no idea who was the white woman. Oh my yeah. God. That is kind of crazy, though. Yeah. I will say this because um, we always talk about this when we do this. I do think waiting to exhale has aged well. It did uh, age well, except the only thing is Tariq's uh, outburst about his daddy. He dropped a lot of f bombs, and I don't really say that word. He did. <laughs> I was cringing. I was like, "Oh!" But then he started calling him a queer, and I was like, "That's so progressive for the nineties." That that word shocked me first. He's like, "What is wild?" I, you know, why? Daddy's a queer, and I was like, "Then I was like, huh? Were we using that language then?" But I guess. But yeah, that's the only part that was a little cringe. But everything else. I think it aged well. It was, I was still able to watch it and just enjoy it and take it in. And I don't think I have watched it in its entirety. Yeah, it's been a long time. A long time. Yeah. A long time since I had watched it. I can't think of the last time I watched Waiting to Exhale. It might have been Um, five years, probably 10 years. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't think of the last time. I thought it aged well. I think one of the reasons what helped this age well too much like some of the other things we said was the music, man. Yeah, the, the music. Was and they had it, like we said earlier, like it was in the scenes perfectly. Like, why does it hurt so bad? Comes in, great oh. time. Like, it just. Also say something that's so random and something you should not say. Mm-hmm. I see lots of people were smokers because the way they smoked cigarettes just seemed very cool. Like, oh, yeah. Because you know what's crazy? When they were in the club scene, I was like, oh, only Bernadette and Savannah were smoking. But then when Bernie got up to dance, I, uh, um, Gloria, I was like, oh, they all just probably smoked. But it was like so social. And then you could smoke like and- inside inside places yeah and why does it hurt so bad and Bernard's just sitting there like and i'm like damn cigarettes are really yeah. are like a very there's a, a physical exclamation point like yeah. you saw this you're just like <laughs> like i just yeah. i don't know what else to say but it looks so right cool. it looks cool and then it's like you know like as a weed smoker it's like there is breathing techniques that you're essentially doing while smoking so it made sense why people use it as a stress relief because i felt like bernie was not like smoking until homeboy came in with the door yeah, no, he was like i quit but let me pop let me buy me a package he was just going after that no i would agree i would definitely agree yeah. with that. i was just like damn they all look so cool they did look cool they're cigarettes <laughs> and it wasn't like i mean and i think too back then like everybody smoked yeah like everybody did which is probably a study somewhere how that like how like the newport infiltrated the black community is probably so funny this is so random i went to some random presentation Mm -hmm. i was something random and somehow it ended up being a presentation what is those it was like some campaign against like like, the truth 
Yes. And truth people mm-hmm. ended up doing this presentation and was talking about Newport, like menthol cigarettes. Like they literally were created and designed for black people. And yeah. pretty much that's why they got so many of them got sued because a lot of the average or the a lot of the uh what you call it, the um like the advertising, advertising. Yes. And, and black communities. So that is why they got sued, the pantsuit off their asses, because it was all detrimental and by design. Yeah, that's a thing. That is a thing. Yeah, it's crazy. So wild. So when I, that's so random that you said that, but don't smoke cigarettes, people. Um, mm-hmm. We know that they kill and give lung cancer, but you know, at the same time, if you've been doing it for years and this is what gives you pleasure, fuck it. <laughs> You know, because at this point, everything gives you cancer. Like, I, it's everything. The We're in a wild place. So, you know, do the best you can with what you got. Look, I'm going to do the best I can with what I got. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Mariah is so great, too. That is my favorite video of her. Well, she's like, oh, <laughs> hit the button. It was fried, okay? Okay, we went on a total tangent, but we will wrap this up with this yeah. last thing because you cannot have a conversation about waiting to exhale and not mention this. He's a good man, Savannah. A good man. <laughs> so I do want to talk about Savannah's mother because, okay, like she was living in the projects and only had $57 right like she was broke and she's like mama what have you been eating um <laughs> go to the west so dramatic <laughs> yeah, they were but it was just like damn like she had the mama had to wait to the morning she's like go to the western union in the morning right i'm like damn you can eat cash up anyway, your mama <laughs> so that whole scene i think a lot of what women go through especially with men is handed down by previous generations savannah's mother i still laugh at that because it's so terrible i mean it's such a funny line but i love savannah's response then you fucking marry your mom click like yes you go marry but mama's sitting here like savannah you can't end up single with 57 dollars on food stamps like me yeah, you gotta go get this man, even if he is married. Like, you need to grovel, you need to do what you gotta do. And I feel like that is a sentiment that has been passed down from a lot of older black women to younger black women is girl, suck it up and go get that man. Like, the man is the end all be all. And you know what's interesting? Because I thought this same exact thought, and then I thought about my mom. And I'm like, she's never really applied that type of pressure. Like, I think she doesn't want me to be single my whole life. But I also thought I was like, I wonder, is is it because she's married? Like, and not to say that she's unhappy, but like, is it because she's married that she can understand me not? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, because it always seemed like, Again, like much like Samantha's mom is kind of like, I don't want you to end up like me and be alone. Yeah. Like I've that's never the heard scene. Like shit. you cannot yeah. end up like me, baby girl. Like you cannot be sitting here sad because the food stamps got cut. You gotta go get this man. 
Right. And when she was, she had just called and told her mom, like, and, and was saying the accomplishments and stuff that she was making for work. Like, obviously, she had enough money to leave Denver and, and go somewhere else. And, and take a pay cut. Like, and take a pay cut and, 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 and have her own place. So it's like, she didn't need a man for providing so much so. But it was like, that's what her mom was pushing because she didn't want her to end up like her. Because I do feel like, I mean, even today, it's like being single or being alone is like some type of weird ass, dark, deep, dark place. Yeah, it's it's like a scarlet letter. Yeah, like, yeah, like the scarlet S, like, oh, bitch, you single? Ew, like, no. Yeah. And I was talking to a friend the other day, like, it's that, and then it's like when the thing of kids come up, like, I don't, I don't even, I don't like how men respond, and I don't care which way they respond, like, it can be excitement, it can be um, shock, it can be, you know, some type of, like, joy, maybe, that I don't have a kid, I don't like the way no nigga reacts when I say I don't have a kid, if it's just not like, oh, okay, because it's like, I don't, that does not define who I am as a person, so, like, I don't, need all of that i don't need a congratulations i don't need a pat on the back i don't need none of that shit just be regular be cool you know it's weird um that the expectations that we still have or the expectations upon us as women that we're like we need to have a partner we need to fucking have babies and all this other shit yeah it's it's really um an archaic belief i'm i'm excited that there are women who um sorry my braid hair just scared me um, <laughs> I was like wait what's wrong with me um but I am excited that there are women who are taking power in whatever life they have I think there that was one of the sentiments in this show and I think it came through through Savannah's mother was when she said something like do you really believe that? Or have you like convinced yourself of that? Right. Like that's kind of what she was trying to say. And I do think that is a conversation that a lot of single women get um, or have with each other or have with themselves or have with their therapist is like, am I really okay with being single or am I just accepting the life that I have in front of me? And I do think it's a delicate balance because if you do want to be with somebody and have a relationship and be married, then that's great. It's wonderful. But don't feel like you have, just because you get desperate enough that you put up with anything. I think that's where it is. Nobody's saying you can't want to be with somebody. Like, yeah, like, I don't want to be alone my whole life. Exactly. Yeah, like, I don't want to be alone, but I'm also okay with being single versus dealing with bullshit just to say I have somebody. Exactly. Like, I've never felt like being in a relationship or having a boyfriend was that important? I remember in elementary school and even like junior high school and shit where you have your little your little school boyfriends. Like I remember distinctly only doing that shit because somebody asked and everybody else was like, oh, you should, you should do it. I didn't give a fuck. Like I didn't give a fuck then about it. Um, I kind of don't give a fuck now about it. It's just that's who I am. And I think I had to accept and really appreciate like that is who I am like even in the same thing with kids I cannot think of a time outside of being like small 
thinking about me and kids. So when I say I don't want kids, I, or when I say I'm pretty sure I don't want kids, um, I don't think it's something <laughs> that, <laughs> I don't, like I'll, I'll put it that way. I don't think it's something that I'm just like kind of accepting. I had to really sit back and think. And I'm like, when I thought about my life and my future, like kids weren't that high up on it. Mm-hmm. It was being in, it was more so like being in a relationship and having companionship more so than it was kids. And, you know, it is what it is and everybody won't like it, but I think we have to be sure and comfortable with who we are. And that's what we present to the world. If you want to get the, you know, like the person for you, I think a lot of times people put up the facade and you find yourself in a situation you never wanted the fuck to be in because you were faking about who you really are. And it is okay. Now, I'm not going to go as far as as I say, I believe there's everyone, there's someone for everyone. I don't I stopped saying that. I get. I don't believe that shit. Yeah, <laughs> like that because some people will just be alone. It's <laughs> like, and I'm not saying you to be alone forever, but there may be but, you to get married, and maybe periods yeah. of your life where you are by yourself, right? Yeah. So I do think there is some power in accepting reality as presented, without giving up hope that you can still get the things that you want, right? It just may look a little different than you might have always imagined or whatever, but I do think there is power in getting and accepting reality. And I also think there's power in um, drumming up and living the life that you really want. And I think once you know what you really want, I think that's when it all falls. I think that's when it all starts coming together a little better. That's when it comes together a little better. I'm not going to say it falls into place. No, it comes together uh, a little better. Yeah. And that's one thing like, life is not ever going to be linear. It's not going to be a continuum of good times or bad times. It is going to be ebbs and flows of them both. But I think that's one thing that the movie did show. And also just just kind of really focusing on friendships and, and that type of love and what that love can do for you and how that love can pour into you. And those help you. Yeah. Scenes when it was yeah. Because nope. those was their relationships that actually helped facilitate the change in their life and the change that they made at the end. And I think okay. that was important to, to see. Um, even, yeah, even their friends being the mirror for them that they may not have wanted to have to be. You saw Savannah do that in her funny way. You saw Gloria do it in her maybe yeah. a little bit judgmental way. You saw Savannah and Gloria do it and being there. So like, I think those friendships mean a lot. And I, and as we wrap up, I will never fuck with a bitch (laughs) who, when you get a nigga and you in a relationship, then you, you, you don't got time for friends. That's it. And that's all. That's it. And that's all. So <laughs> if you have not looked, like we say every time, I hope that someone, a few of you, if you've recently watched Wait and Exhale, or if you haven't watched it in a while, please go watch it and let us know if you agree. Is it something we miss? We love when y'all be giving us comments and feedback. So 
Look, yeah, these you. are always fun for me because you know me I too. don't. I, mean, I really don't watch movies like new movies. I don't watch movies, but this mm-hmm. is the one time I will sit down and watch a movie and do this, and I always come out of it looking at it so differently and how I relate to it, and I love that. That's that's a really dope thing. I'm glad you did this. Yay! So thank you so much, girl. You're welcome. Bye, y'all. All right, that is it for this week's episode. I want to thank the homie Sheikah for coming on again. I hope you enjoyed our conversation about waiting to exhale. This one, y'all, it really, really hit different. <laughs> and I just got to say for good measure, it's always fuck Michael Beach over here. All right, be sure to support our sponsor, Dane Products. You can use the code Booney10, that is Booney, all capital letters, 10 to save 10% on your purchase of any of their products. All right, guys, thank you again for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to listen and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, YouTube, or any apps that you listen to your favorites on. Don't forget to leave those reviews too. You might just hear your review on the next episode. Follow us on all social media. Share the episode with those you love, those you don't love, those you fucking hate. I don't make these pretty images for nothing, okay? Have a dope-ass week. Stay healthy, safe, and sane. Thank you for listening. And remember, the ratchet in me always honors the ratchet in you. Home I stay. Until next time. Stay.